Last week, we started a series called Enlarge, and we started it trying to see if we could remember part of this verse. And it's this next one come up. If you can just go to the next slide. It's, for God so loved the world. We remembered that. So that's how we started last week, to really try and ask the question, do we just focus on our world, our little world, or do we see the huge world that God loves? And understand that God loves the whole world, the nations. Um, we, we got a sense last week as we walked through Genesis chapter 12 that God chose Abraham not to reject others, but to bless others. God chose Israel as he formed Abraham eventually into a nation, not to reject other nations, to bless other nations. That God chooses you and me not to reject others, but to use us to be a blessing to those around us and to the nations around us, to bless the nations. And we, we said, we gave mission a definition this way, and it's going to be on the screen so you remember. Mission is joining God's bigger story of redeeming the world he loves. Joining God's bigger story of redeeming the world he loves. So last week, we started off with that phrase in John 3.16. It's very familiar to many people. And I want to go to this next part. So God, for God so loved the world, and that he... Oh, no, no. What happened? Did I mess that up? Well, now we got it. I don't know if I did that. So uh, for God so loved the world that he gave. That's the word there we want to get at today. To get a sense of this, the core chapter in God's big story as we read through the scriptures is Jesus. When we read this one verse from John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave. When you think about Jesus, Jesus isn't just a normal gift. Jesus isn't just like a wrapped up gift that we get, we receive, we unwrap. We can often look at gifts in, in many different ways, and we get that sense sometimes. But when it's a person gift, it feels different. Remember when I was in, um, in high school uh, jazz band, and we ended up having a performance, and we had one of the top Montreal trump- trumpet players join us for this one performance. It was amazing because here we were. We, we didn't just see it as a gift. We thought, hey, here's this person live in the flesh playing with us. He was a hundred times better than all of us, and inspired us. But he joined us, and he came, and he was with us to play. When we think about Jesus, Jesus isn't a normal gift. And I want to change the word gave to, for God so loved the world that he sent. For God so loved the world that he sent. When we think about this, God did not just give us Jesus. God sent Jesus. When we think about God's giving I want us to think about God's sending. Because God didn't just give us a gift. He gave us his son. He didn't just give us his son. He sent his son to earth. Jesus understood this more than anyone. And he he understood that his father sent him. In fact, he says this in, in fact, the same language in John chapter 17 as he's praying for his disciples, as he's praying for their role in the world, He specifically says this about himself. He says, as you, speaking to to God, as you sent me, I am sending them. Here's Jesus understanding that his father sent him into the world. As you sent me. Jesus understood that. He says, I'm sending them. In fact, if you ever have some time to, to read about the understanding of the Trinity in the Scriptures and the relationship with God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. It's, it's a community of oneness, but it's a community of sending. God the Father sends Jesus, 
And we read in the Gospels and in the letters that, God, that Jesus, as God's Son, sends the Spirit. And then we read how the Spirit sends us. The whole relationship in the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, is ascending, has a sending mindset. God sends Jesus, Jesus sends the Spirit, the Spirit sends us. Jesus understood he was sent. In fact, the word mission, the Latin root of the word mission is missio. And that word actually means the act or instance of sending. So a mission, any understanding of mission is is to be sent. Is to be sent, is the act of being sent. And we talk about God as a missio God. That would be in Latin, missio dei, or the God of mission, or the God who sends. The God who sends. Why does God send? What does he send for? How did Jesus understand his sending? Here's two verses. One is Luke chapter 19, verse 10. He talks about himself here when he's talking to someone named Zacchaeus, and Zacchaeus discovers who he is. And at the end of his conversation, he says to Zacchaeus, the Son of Man came, if we think about it from a different perspective, the Son of Man was sent, the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Jesus was sent by God the Father for relationship, to seek that which was lost. There's brokenness in the world. Our relationship with God being broken, our relationship with each other, our relationship with the world. Jesus is sent to seek and save that which is lost and to reconcile. But it's bigger than that. Jesus was at a local synagogue and he pulls out the scroll of the prophet Isaiah and he reads these words and we find them in Luke chapter 4 verse 10. It's amazing. And he he opens this scroll up. And before I read this, I want you to realize that at the end of this short reading in Isaiah, he says these words. I have fulfilled these words in your hearing. So listen to what Jesus is saying about himself. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Here's Jesus reading a portion of the prophet Isaiah who was at that time speaking about the servant of the Lord who would come. And Jesus says, this reading has been fulfilled in your hearing because he has come, he's been sent, not just to seek and save that which was lost, not just for relationship, but look, to proclaim good news to the poor, to proclaim freedom for the sinners, for for prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, which according to the Old Testament, is the year of Jubilee when all debts would be paid. Jesus came and was sent to bless. When we connect this to Abraham and and Israel, like we looked at last week, Abraham was called by God to be a blessing to the nations. Israel was called by God to bless the nations so the nations would know God's salvation in all its grand broadness and impact. So when we think about mission, sending, giving is sending, but sending is blessing. To be sent is to go and be a blessing. In fact, I want to just add a piece of what I think mission is, and and it's in this next phrase, that mission is blessing sent into brokenness. Mission is blessing sent into brokenness. That 
we are not just called to bless in a spiritual, relational way, but we are called to be a blessing to the brokenness of our world. And when I think about blessing, it's so much broader than just relationship. You know, today's Mother's Day, and uh, honestly, when I was th- worshiping and hearing Daria's story and thinking through some thoughts, I was just thinking, I, I couldn't fathom being who I am today or anything that God has used me for or shaped me into without two very important people in my life. And first was my mom because she knew me for 41 years and she's been a huge blessing to me. And then my wife, who I've been, since yesterday, been married 17 years. So that's pretty cool. Um, And these two specific women have just been a blessing to me in huge ways. When I think about my mom, 41 years, I mean, when you think about your mom, the way she's blessed you, you can't pin it down to one or two things. You can't say, like, she's only blessed me in this one way. It's hard to just put it down on one phrase, one piece of paper, one little line. You can't, you can't reduce the impact, the influence that your mom has made in your life. Even if you think back to when your mom made your lunch or cleaned you up or got you dressed when you were a kid or picked you up when you were hurt or cleaned up a scrape or whatever that might be or, or was home or around when you needed her, there's so many different ways that your mom has blessed you. When I think about my mom, there's so many ways that my mom has blessed me. When I was five years old, I had an accident in my eye, and I lost partial sight in this eye. And I, my mom stayed with me for three whole weeks at the Toronto Children's Hospital. Three whole weeks in my hospital room. My mom was there on Halloween night when the party was going on, and she was hanging out with me and making sure that, you know, I, I was able just to be around with, with what's going on. She made, my, she made sure that I was, I was doing okay. And when you look back to those moments, you realize your mom has blessed you in more ways than just relationship. Because blessing goes beyond relationship. And when we understand God's blessing in the world, He doesn't just want relationship with us. That's the huge primary peace of God's story to restore us into relationship with him. But he wants to bless us in other ways. He longs to bless the world and meet the brokenness. Here's this one author. His name is Christopher Wright. He says, the range of things for which people were sent, according to the scriptures, is staggeringly broad. Staggeringly broad. In other words, God sent people into the world. God sent people on mission. And the range of things for which people were sent for, the purpose, the reason, is staggeringly broad. I want you to just think about a list. And and I'm thankful for this writer because he categorized them in a chapter in in his book on mission. And, And as I was reflecting on it and thinking about it, think of the variety of ways in the whole biblical story why God sent people to do things. Joseph was sent to be in a position to save lives during a famine in Egypt. That's why Joseph was sent to Egypt, to save lives during a season of famine. Moses was sent to deliver his people from oppression and exploitation. Elijah was sent to influence the course of politics. Jeremiah was sent to proclaim God's word to the exiles. Um, Jesus was sent to preach the good news. He was sent to seek and save which was lost, but he, he was also sent to bring freedom to the oppressed, to give sight to the blind, to free the prisoners. The disciples were sent to preach, but they were also sent to demonstrate God's healing and God's deliverance. 
The apostles were sent to make disciples, to baptize, to teach. Paul and Barnabas were sent to, to, to help relieve, to relieve a famine in another city. And the church sent them to relieve or bring relief for that famine. Later, they were sent to plant churches. Titus was uh, one of the leaders in the, in the New Testament. He was sent to deliver funds in a transparent way with integrity. That's why he was sent, for that very purpose. Later, he was sent to build a better administration system for the church. You think of someone like Esther in the scripture. She was sent by God to help her people, to alleviate her people's pain. You think of Deborah as a judge in the scriptures to, to be God's leader in that time period. So you see, there's so many different ways that God sends people, and for so many different reasons. And they're all in the scriptures. Biblically sanctioned activities that God has sent people to do. Famine relief. Acts of justice. Freedom from oppression. Preaching. Evangelism. Discipleship. Teaching. Healing. Even administration. For all you administrators out there. How how does God intend to bless the nations? He intends to bless the nations by sending his people into the world. And it involves spiritual transformation and relational wholeness with God and with each other, but it also involves caring for the needs of this world. I was reminded just recently, and I don't know if you saw this video going around, apparently Rick Warren was, uh, was sharing or speaking in front of a few people, I think senators, congressmen, on the alleviation of poverty in our world, and he was given the opportunity to address you know, the needs of the nation and how the country can be better at serving the world than just military action. And uh, he brought a good point. But one of the things he mentioned, I was so surprised. He, he's been in like over 100 nations, and he was speaking specifically about Rwanda and a specific region in Rwanda. But he was saying that in, in, a, in a specific um, uh, radius of space, there was about three hospitals. And there was a two-day's walk for every hospital. He said two of the three hospitals were faith-based and started by the church. 66% of the hospitals in that region were started by the church. There's 18 clinics in that region, a, a day's walk for anybody to get to those clinics. 16 of 18 of those clinics, 89% of those clinics are faith-based or started by the church. As the, as the church goes into the world, as God sends his people into the world, he does send them to share Jesus with people, but he sends them so blessing can hit the brokenness in our world. So pockets of blessing can attack the pockets of brokenness in our world. And wherever pockets of brokenness are found, we see God's heart raise up and send his people to bring blessing or pockets of blessing to pockets of brokenness. It's part of his mission. It's part of his heart. It's part of God's desire. And when we think of blessing, we cannot only think of spiritual blessing or leading people to Jesus. That is so important, and that's our core mission, connecting people to Christ and each other. But when we think that if the gospel is good for us, it must be good for our street, it must be good for our city, it must be good for the nations. When I think of some Westsiders that are involved in hearing God's call and blessings sent into brokenness, you know, Mike's here today and him and his wife, you know, heard the cry of brokenness in Ukraine and they're helping to fuel the church on the ground, bringing blessing to brokenness. 
And yeah, people are coming to Christ, but the hungry are fed and orphans are cared for and those who have been addicted to drugs or alcohol are being rehabilitated and growing and the handicapped are helped and served and brought to uh, surgeries. I think of that. That's God's blessing in broad form. It's holistic. Think of a friend of mine whose brother started an organization that fights preventable diseases in Sierra Leone and recently was you know, right on the front lines of Ebola. It's like Christians who are serving God on the front lines of Ebola, being sent to be a blessing in the middle of brokenness. Another friend here uh, at Westside who's connected with um, an organization called MEDA, which is Mennonite Economic Development Association, and they don't necessarily bring relief or that kind of medical attention, but they're raising up poverty as they work with other groups. And here's a Christian group that's working with other groups to help those who are in poverty do banking on their phone. So they can grow and they can, they can, they can have tools to work and, and, and move forward and to bring education and health. When I think of um, you know, Barbara's connection in Haiti and you know, this, this organization she's working with and just helping just hundreds of kids on the side of a mountain region in Haiti that need a library and need a school and need health and education and the discovery of Jesus. Two or three people from our church community every week head over to Springdale School to make sure that 35 or 40 kids that show up with no food have breakfast so they can focus and get their work done and enjoy their day. And on and on the list goes. God sends pockets of blessing towards pockets of brokenness in our world. This month, we want to partner with these specific two organizations, MB Mission, who is sending, really wants to feel like they're being sent to bless the nations in Central Asia, MCC, to bless those who are in a broken situation because of war or disaster or terror. How can we together come alongside that? Imagine we together, even just for a glimpse, we can be a pocket of blessing in a pocket of brokenness. We can be a pocket of blessing in a pocket of Central Asia. We can be a pocket of blessing for maybe a hundred families that have been displaced because of terror. We, we can't do it all, but we can be a pocket of blessing in a pocket of brokenness. See, when God gave Jesus, he didn't just give Jesus, he sent Jesus because Jesus had a purpose. And his purpose was to reconcile the world back to him and to one another, but also to bring blessing where there is brokenness. Imagine what kind of blessing we can be as we band together. As I was thinking about this today, and I was thinking about um, specifically how sometimes we forget how some people have this real impact when they're sent. I was at a leadership camp this week, just chaperoning, and um, it was a grade 7, 8, and 9 camp with my son's high school. And I was helping them out. And there's, I, I met a mom, and her name is Susan. And uh, after you, you meet her and talk with her, you realize that this mom is sent. She's not just a mom. She's a sent mom. Because she was sent to be a blessing. See, Susan gave birth to a boy named Brad about 20 years ago. And he, a picture of him will come up on the screen in a second. She gave birth to Brad. Brad was born with spastic cerebral palsy, which means that his brain functions fully, 
but it's not connected to any other function in his body. He, he moves his hands, he moves his feet, he, he can't uh, verbalize what he wants to, to say, but he's an incredibly smart young man. Uh, he's connected to uh, like something that looks like an iPad and connected to his wheelchair, as you can see it there. That was him at the camp. He's graduating high school this year at John Rennie, and he's going to Dawson next year. And because of the tools that help him to function and to speak, and we heard a speech from Brad uh, at this leadership camp that he had written down or written down with, with you know, the way he can do that with his, his tools, and we got to hear it. When you meet Susan, you realize Susan isn't just a mom like any other mom. She has been sent. She spends time with her sons and, son and wipes his face and cleans him up and dresses him up and gives him comfort and and hugs him, and brings him care when he's down, and, and calms, him, calms his arms down when they get out of whack, and helps other people understand who he is. And just day after day, day after day, she sacrifices for her son. When you think that Brad is graduating high school, it's an amazing feat. In fact, I happen to know the guy who works with his, his wheelchair and, and, uh, and computer equipment, and He's sharing a conference this October on the incredible progress of Brad. You can say that that's part of the tools that did this for him, but you've got to recognize he has a sent mom. She's been a blessing to him for the last 20 years in so many ways, in so many ways. And I felt like there was this moment at the end of camp, and I was with Susan, and you could see she was very emotional because Brad was now finishing high school, and she's afraid because she's wondering, how's he going to do in college? Is there going to be this kind of community around Brad? And I don't normally just do this in public, but I just felt like God was saying, ask her if she needs prayer. So I just said, Susan, could I, would you mind if I pray? I, I, I'd pray for you anyways, but if you want, I could pray for you right now. And it was the end of camp, and she said, sure, I'd appreciate that. And so we just took a moment and prayed for her courage, prayed for a community to come around Brad, prayed for whatever she might need because she is sent to be a blessing to this boy. She embraced that prayer, and we moved on from that. And I just thought, that is a picture of what the Bible talks about when there's pockets of blessing that are sent into pockets of brokenness. That's what the Bible talks about. Now, we're not all going to have that opportunity and all have that situation, but there's opportunities all around us to be a blessing in brokenness. And as we come to a close today, I want us to just think about how to be a blessing will mean both helping people discover who Jesus is because we know that people long for what Jesus is and who he is and what God has in store for them spiritually. But it's also on the other side, how can we be a blessing not just in the spiritual brokenness, in the brokenness in our world. And so as we close today, my challenge to you is Let's listen. Let's, let's keep our eyes open and our ears open in the world around us. Are we aware of some of the brokenness around us that God's sending us to? And when we become aware, can we respond? We get a chance to respond together as a group, but we can, we can respond individually. And some of you are here today, and you have a cry in your heart. There's a cry that's been growing in your heart, and you're longing for God to come and intersect your life. And I want to let you know, if you're here today and you've been longing 
to know God, you're not here by accident. In fact, we exist. God has made his church to exist because he has a mission. We're not here because we have a mission. We're here because God has a mission, and God's mission has a church, and he sent his church to be a blessing to the world. And if you're here today and you're listening and you've been processing who Jesus is, you're here not by accident, but because God loves you. And whatever brokenness is in your heart because you feel disconnected from God, he's called us to at least help, at least be a messenger for you to say God loves you. And he sent Jesus for that very purpose. I'm going to ask us to stand as we come to a close today. But if, if you're here today and you've been tracking with us and, and you're wondering, how can I experience God's blessing? And it doesn't mean how can I become rich or how can I become healthy or how can I become this or that. But God ultimately wants to start in your heart. And then he also wants to use you to be a blessing to others. It's part of his purpose. And you become blessed as you bless other people. But if that's you today where you feel, still feel disconnected from God, I want to invite you, at least in this moment, in the simplest way, Jesus did come to reconnect you to God. And the way we do that is by embracing him, by putting our trust in him by giving our lives to him. And in this moment, if that's where you're at, all you need to do is ask him. Say, Jesus, will you rescue me from my brokenness? I feel lost. I feel disconnected from you. I want to put my trust in you, Jesus. And for the rest of us today, let's take this moment and let's just pause for a moment and say, Lord, how do you want me to be a blessing in the world around me? Because God has sent each and every one of us to be a blessing in the middle of brokenness. Let's pray. Father, we... God, we just say yes to Jesus' invitation to trust him. God, if there's anyone here today that is longing to make that step but is just hesitated, I pray even in this moment they'd be able to put their trust in you. And if that's you today, just tell them, I trust you, Jesus. I want to follow you, Jesus. I want you to be my Lord, my leader, my Savior, my forgiver. I long for you to restore the brokenness in my heart because I long to know God, my creator. God, I pray that you would reveal yourself to those even here that are longing for that brokenness to be restored. God, as we look around the world today, may we be aware of the pockets of brokenness because you've called us to be pockets of blessing. And whether that is just around the corner from us, or in our local school, or in our CJEP, the university, in our workplace, in our neighborhood, our city, or if it's around the world, as we can join together as a church this month and bless these two projects. God, may we be attentive to your calling, your, your sending of us. We want to say yes to that, God. Give us the grace, give us the courage, empower us by your Spirit, uh, expand our hearts 
so we can grow in generosity to be a blessing to those around us and those around the world. And God, I particularly just feel on my heart to pray for Susan. She has been a blessing to her son, Brad. She doesn't even know we're praying for her right now, God, but you know the fears in her heart. God, you know how afraid she is of her son going to a brand new school like Dawson with all um, some of the handicaps that he has. God, you know the fear she has. And yet, God, we bring her to you and we pray that you would give her what she needs to be courageous, to be a continual blessing to her son. And we pray, God, that you would put a, a group of people around Brad that will support him and help him in this next journey. And I pray even in this that people would see that you are a good God that even as he's come and people have been around him through high school and his mom has been such a blessing that, they, that people would look at that and say, that is a gift from you. The gift of support and love and courage. May people look for why that is possible and may they look to you, God. And when we have opportunity, God, may we point people to Jesus to discover you in all your fullness. We pray this, God, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen.